Today's podcast is brought to you by the BetStamp app, which is helping thousands of people win at sports betting for free. The same way travelers use Google Flights or Expedia to find the best prices, bettors can now use BetStamp to do the same. When you place a bet, the odds given by a sports book will determine how much you can possibly win. Even when betting on the same outcome, different sports books will offer varying payouts, and these differences can be huge. Thankfully, BetStamp allows you to easily line shop for the most profitable odds across all sports books. You can click on any matchup and instantly see all the different odds for game lines, player props, and even futures bets. Line shopping is the simplest way to find an edge in sports betting and maximize your chances of winning long term. On average, BetStamp users win an extra $1,000 plus yearly just by line shopping. You can find the BetStamp app on Apple iOS Store, the Google Play Store, or through your browser at www.betstamp.app. To access all these benefits, sign up using promo code CINCY, C-I-N-C-Y, and start your journey to successful sports betting today. If you forget to use the code upon sign up, you can always enter our code CINCY, C-I-N-C-Y, in your BetStamp account settings afterwards. Check it out. Welcome to the Cincy Slangin' Bearcat Podcast. I'm Coomer, joined as always by Hummer. Hummer, what's up, buddy? All I can hear in my head right now is Miley Cyrus. (laughs) Miley Cyrus saying, got J's on my feet because the Jordan brand is back, baby. No more Adidas. No more Under Armour. We're back with the King. Jordan is here. Since he reigns is here. And I got an NBA, baby. It is a great freaking day to be a Cincinnati Bearcat sports fan. Indeed, it is. For those listening in audio only, I'm not sure if you're lucky or not. There's a complete alter ego that has been adopted by me. In fact, I was calling my wife before the podcast, asking for gold chains. Unfortunately, we have none, but they are now on the list for Father's Day, birthdays, whatever. Jordan Brand's back. We've got a Cincinnati Bearcats-themed beer via Rheingeist, via Cincy Reigns. It's all happening, Hummer. It's all happening, and that doesn't even take us to the fact that there's a lot of excitement and reasons to be optimistic about this upcoming basketball season. We didn't mention the fact that the indoor practice facility renderings have been released. I really have no idea where to start. So I'm gonna... I know where exactly where to start. I know exactly where to start. Where are we starting? All right. Just get up you're wearing. Your zipper is too high. You're talking about wearing a gold chain, yet you have it like, oh, there it is. Let let the curlies out. The zipper's low, baby. The zipper's <laughs> low. The chest is eaten. You can find us on YouTube. Follow the Catskiller social YouTube page. Uh, Catskiller Social Club. That's where you find it. We're now putting out video content. We've got Go Beer Cats dropping interviews with Mo Egger. We've got the Viva La Cats boys releasing 
their content create you know, we've got brandon from the den um tailgate dropping articles about the launch of the cincy rain cincy light uh collaboration with ryan geist it's all happening brother it's all happening there's so many reasons to be excited um i want to say one thing about the indoor practice facility the the renderings came out and they're beautiful it's it's everything cincinnati bearcat fans would have hoped and more it is going to be a, a feature piece on what is already a beautiful campus. And for those who aren't familiar with it, for those who are, are fans across the Big 12 who are looking forward to coming to Cincinnati, this is something to, to come and, and check out once it's done in a couple of years. But I will say this, Hunter. Were, were you surprised well, when you saw the official renderings? <laughs> yes. So if the indoor practice facility renderings taught us anything it's it's that we are very very bad we are piss poor news reporters my friend we had versions of these renderings for weeks for weeks and we didn't do shit with them and do you know why that is we protect our sources <laughs> to unreasonable extents I'm a coward. I'm soft. There's nothing else to say. I failed Catskeller Social Club. We have failed the Cincy slang and brand. But frankly, that's not who we are, Hummer. We're not newsbreakers. We're not scoops, guys. We, we shouldn't even pretend to be. We're guys who react passionately to news. We're guys who sometimes hit it on the head, nail it. And we're guys who sometimes are, are just pure idiots that's just that's what I, gotta, it is. I just gotta i gotta give it up to you man you know your your integrity was was high you know it was it was almost siobhan like you know <laughs> as opposed to kendall roy just wanting to, to burn down democracy you know showing showing restraint uh as i'm sitting here trying to say hey are we going to describe this thing you know as a cross between the sydney opera house and the time machine uh an Ant-Man and you're just like silence crickets. Like, no, 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 man. But either way they're here. It's beautiful. I think you're, you're right. It's going to be an architectural centerpiece for the university. Uh, absolutely incredible design. You know, got it, got to give it up to, to the university for, for one, you know, obviously the Sheikley's for that donation and then coming out and, and just absolutely blowing away the the design and what's going to be built on campus so so got to give it up to the university for that one yeah I, I mean it's an ambitious project um we've seen buildings on uc's campus before they're they're certainly not afraid to take risks they're not afraid to to blow it out and make something look cutting edge and, and contemporary and this these renderings certainly do that um a YouTube exclusive is going to be me holding up my phone with one of the pictures of the renderings that we had. I, I would say it turned out pretty close. The version we had looked more like a Sydney Opera House because it was all white, but it came out, it came out pretty close. Oh, I can't even do it. I can't even do it because of my backdrop. You you filibuster for a minute. I'm gonna I'm gonna change it so we can actually share. I wanna I wanna release this as a YouTube exclusive. That's what's happening here. <laughs> you want me to filibuster for a little bit? Well, I mean, we're talking, oh, there it is. Yeah, you see, I'm seeing it. You know, the, the, the points the points come into a head there. Idiots. It's beautiful. It's not idiots, you know. It's, it's one of those things where we're blessed to have 
a good listener base where people feel confident sharing information with us that they know we're not going to go and just, you know, show it inappropriately. Uh, so, you know what, honestly, it's for the best. We let, we let it, we let it be released the way the university wanted it to be released. You know, that, that's how, that's how you should do it. Uh, we're men of integrity. Yeah. So kudos to us. Let's keep patting ourselves on the back. Let's talk about how awesome we are. <laughs> so if you are someone with scoops, we could be trusted with them. We literally won't share them. We won't do anything with them for our own personal advantage or gain. We'll keep doing this for no dollars. <laughs> I did just get a text from someone being like, nothing on Twitter about, about Jordan. And I was like, oh, that's, not, that's not me, man. I'm not on Twitter at the moment. And he's like, what you, you guys, you texted, you tweeted about since he reigns. And I was like, we did? <laughs> <laughs> Life's busy, my friend. Life's busy. But let's get into, let's start with the Reigns news. The Cincy Reigns news, their partnership with Ryan Geist releasing a, a beer called Cincy Light, which is in partnership with Ryan Geist. I mentioned that, but it's, it's going to be a beer where some of the proceeds will go directly to help our student athletes. It is a very innovative partnership, I would say. I don't know of anything like it. I didn't listen to the press conference today. I, I had um, adult real work to be doing. However, from everything I understand, this is, an incre- this is a great windfall for our NIL collective and is probably going to create it's going to be news throughout other collectives across the nation in terms of the types of strategic partnerships that can be created between a strong foundational business in a local community and a collective that can go toward the student athletes for that university. What are your thoughts on the beer news? Are you excited? What's, what's your reaction? All right. $2 of every case is going to go to support NIL. The ABV on this beer is 4.2%. That means it is beer bongable. I'm not sure about the taste, obviously, but it's a light beer, right? So beer bongable, chuggable, like shotgunning. Think about it. Every time you're going to shotgun a beer, you're helping support Cincinnati sports. So Joe Barnett is personally going to, the councilman will personally fund one student athlete's (laughs) NIL sponsorship through his fandom, through his tailgating activities. So I think this is genius. I think the next beer that they want to come out with, if they want to name this, I think like cat heavy, right? We got, you got light beer, you got bud heavy. Let's go cat heavy. Uh, bring out, bring out the heavy, <laughs> the heavy suds. No, this is, this is ingenious. This is, this is wonderful for the student athletes. And frankly, it's great for Ryan guys too. You know, they've been a big part of the community in the, in the craft beer scene. You know, one of the one of the originals, one of the OGs, they've grown to be be really big. And honestly, if they're able to go and donate two dollars, you know, for every sale, that's probably unique to our environment from from a craft beer perspective, because they've reached the scale to be able to, to make the beer in a, a cost effective enough to be able to donate it. So really proud. It's a, I think it's just a showcase for the city as a whole being able to build a partnership like this. Yeah. Hat tip to Brian Fox. This is, I'm sure when he got into, you know, the the nuts and bolts of creating the collective, look, it's a daunting process. It's a, it's a a thankless process. You've got guys like us who are online on, on the airwaves speculating about the, the welfare and health and, and how it's perceived and how it stacks up against the, the other, the other top collectives in the nation. And frankly, you know, what I, 
what I think we have been very clear on in the past is that it's being done and facilitated and stewarded in a way that is ethical and it is innovative and it is athlete focused and it and it's first and foremost focused on the welfare of our athletes and that is something that does help me sleep well at night um if 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 an nil collective could affect your sleep i do but think that it's it, it's refreshing it's ethical but but binge drink to support nil <laughs> I, i'm totally being facetious i there, like the idea no, i think i think you're right i think yeah. you're 100 right you hit says, the nail on the head says the podcast that opened today with a gambling ad my friend we just sold our souls we officially <laughs> sold our souls now i will say this it's nice i had sidebar i had so i have to disclose this stuff at work like i have to disclose that i am part owner of the because we have an llc setup not to get it too too deep into our 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 architecture here but this is an llc and we have made like you know two bucks on this thing you know uh not nothing crazy but because we have this sponsorship they they emailed me uh, my compliance department and said so um what can you tell us about this latest sponsor <laughs> i was like i don't know you're gonna use my code and sign up <laughs> as long as i do cincy c-i-n-c-y don't you love the idea though on on saturday tailgates that you're gonna see fans far and wide drinking cincy light like this beer is gonna fly off the shelves during football season our tailgates are going to be littered with Cincy light cans and even better visiting fans from across the big 12. When they come to Cincinnati, they are no doubt going to be purchasing Cincy light beer and they are going to be inadvertently funding our NIL. And I love that. I love the idea of duping our competition into donating to our NIL collective. I just think it's, I think it's a beautiful thing and I'm very excited about it. And I can't wait to do our first power hour with Cincy light beer. Um, I'm also getting giddy about the prospect of there there's Xavier fans who, who come across and say, well, you know, I hate UC basketball, but, but I love UC football. So they're torn, right? Do well, you want UC college football, big time college football here. You, you got to support Cincy Reigns. You have to support this. So inadvertently, they're also going to be supporting UC Hoops. What a coup. What a coup. And while I'm talking about football, did we hear this thing that Xavier all of a sudden wants to bring back football? Oh, I've been hearing lots about it. Yeah. That's hysterical. It's extremely funny. We are laughing. <laughs> we I are mean, laughing. You're, you're, you're a few decades late from bringing back your, your football team. It's it's I enjoy it mostly because it clearly comes from a place of insecurity because of all the success our football team has had in seeing how amazing the culture around college football is, the camaraderie, the, the community, the tailgates, the college football playoffs, which you'll never fucking sniff. You're never going to sniff a college. Football that, playoff. The, you uh, can't sniff a basketball playoff, the, let the alone a college million. football playoff. The fifty million dollars Cincinnati is going to be just raking in from you know just from existing in the college athletic sports landscape. <laughs> Where <laughs> did you just did, what did you just mute as you choked on your own joke? Did that just happen? No, 
I was coughing and I didn't want it into the mic and wanted to spare everybody that. No, I think that that does. I think that it does make me smile at night. I had a I had a giggle when I read that article and I literally was thinking, there's going to be some some Xavier fans who have no choice if they want UC football to continue to be great to support Cincy White. And um, I don't I don't I don't sense anything on the horizon. For Xavier, I don't even think they would have enough momentum to get that done. I don't think there's enough Xavier fans across the city to actually bring mass and to support a mass distribution effort. Uh, from you know, from a production standpoint, the marketing standpoint, and and the actual, it would just be sitting on the shelves collecting dust. That that's what would happen. So, kudos, Cincy Cincy Light. When's this go on sale? By the way, do we know? Because Sounds like it's coming in the fall. It's coming in perfect time for football season. I imagine they're, they've got to be trying for for early football season, hopefully for game one. I got a few trips scheduled to Cincinnati. I'm coming back uh, first first weekend in June. Uh, hopefully the U.S. is still functioning by then. Um, but I'm coming back on that Friday to Friday to Monday. I'm going, I'm going to visit, but then I'm coming back in September for homecoming. Hang on a second. Do you just casually throw in? Hopefully, the U.S. is still functioning by then. <laughs> Hopefully, we'll see. You know, Thursday's kind of that make or break moment. I hear. Do we need to go into Hummer conspiracy corner for a minute? No, we don't need. We don't need to go there. We'll save every. We'll, we'll spare everybody uh, that. But either way, I was hoping to be ready for June. Daddy wants to try Cincy Light. Yeah, well, we'll we'll definitely have a case on hand for you. We will be we will drink it in um, in excess, and we'll have a good time. Beautiful. Well, I'm not sure if you noticed, but I, I amended the branding logo in the top right corner of our video, of our video here. I'm not even sure if you caught it, but another deal that was announced today was the Cincinnati Bearcats apparel deal. They will be wearing. For basketball, for women's basketball, men's basketball, they will now be wearing Jordan brand. The worst, no way. The worst kept secret no. in, in all of serious? America. When I, did this happen? I came. When was this announced? It, it happened all of a sudden. Nobody knew. No sense. We had no idea. There, there weren't coaches walking around with Jordan gear on their shirts, hats. We didn't have Daniel Skillings, TikTok dancing. Um, the fact that he was working out in Under Armour gear for the last time. No. It's it was it's a shocking development. I kind of blacked out there for a second. Did you mention David DeJulius like confirming it to a to a New York random, pastor to a New York pastor yeah, a New York pastor at yeah. Hofstra to knock off Meacham? That happened. <laughs> it's official though. So the Bearcats will be wearing Jordan Brand for basketball, and then for all other programs, it will be Nike gear. You are the true business savvy individual on this podcast. And so I want you to get into the details of how this deal is constructed. If it's actually with Nike, if it's actually with Jordan, if it's not, what does it look like? Explain it to the people, Hummer. What do we got on our hands here? So we know Under Armour came in and, and they've just had a terrible, terrible time overspending in the, in the sports sponsorship market. So they went and bought out several of the school's contracts, including Cincinnati, which was advantageous for us, but it set us up with a distributor for, for apparel and an authorized distributor. And that's where we've been getting our Under Armour gear for, for the last couple of years. Our agreement is with that same distributor. It's not actually with Nike or Jordan. So I'm not trying to, trying to bring it down, 
but the deal is for two years. So we have, we're going to be, we're going to be decked in Jordan for at least two years. So I don't know if I want to say fire sale, but I presumably would agree with some of my fellow conspirators on this is that this is a stopgap measure while we actually try to negotiate some sort of longer term deal directly uh, with, with the brands. What strikes me as, and I don't know if this is unique, but what strikes me about this in a really positive way is that it's not just men's basketball in Jordan, that the women are also getting to partake in this. Cause you know, this is in my mind, I, I've made no secret about this. I know people say, Oh, Jordan, it's not that big of a deal. Or some people kind of, they think it's overhyped what this does to recruiting. Um, but I'm really excited to see both men's and women decked out in what in my mind is a luxury, a luxury brand. You know, Jordan shoes are some of the most coveted shoes on the planet. They sell out in minutes on on the Nike app. They're going to get access to those. They're going to be able to get those those sneakers that they want. You know, you're going to be able to walk in, and Wes Miller is going to be you know not having to rock his his seven hundred dollar Ferragamo gym shoes, but but gets to rock his limited edition red and black Jordans. You know, use University of Cincinnati colors. You know, those red Jordans are going to contrast. Everybody's like, oh, the black. We need more red in the court. No, we need red shoes to contrast the black paint. I just think it's it's an incredible, an incredible, uh, I don't want to call it a coup yet, but it's, it's an incredible get. John Cunningham, despite, you know, some of the weird weirdness about being so secretive about everything was not able to keep this secret in any way, shape or form. Um, kudos, kudos to him for, for getting us here. Kudos to bring us back to what we have all wanted since we left Jordan. You know, it, it feels like we've, you know, we left the nest and we ventured. Finally, we ventured back home and mama bear is here to take her, take us back in her arms. Yeah. I think I saw some people react and sort of recoil at what the deal construct looks like behind the scenes. And the fact that it's not a long-term deal, it's a two-year deal and it's not officially with Nike and Jordan. Instead it's with BSN. I would say this, the last part of what you just said is the most important part. This was prioritizing what the fans and what the Bearcat community and what the athletes want. John Cunningham prioritized getting us back to wearing Jordan, wearing Nike, and that's all that really matters. They're gonna, I'm not worried about it. It's going to hit shelves. You're going to get to buy all the gear you want. The athletes are wearing the gear they want. A, full, a, a long-term deal will be negotiated and will be put in place eventually, but don't, don't waste time worrying about how this deal is constructed whether or not it was the absolute best financial deal we could get. Don't worry about any of it. This is the gear and everybody even, wanted. This is the brand everybody wanted. This That's all that really matters. And I don't even know if we're the only ones who have this kind of deal where it's going to the distributor, not directly with Nike. But here's what we do know. We've said this in the past. Long-term lucrative apparel deals for universities are a thing of the past. They've realized the value that's there and it's very little. They get very little from actually being the sponsor and paying hundreds of millions of dollars to multiple universities for these deals. That's why they've actively tried to get out of them. That's why deals have gotten smaller. And most schools are on a pay for what you need basis. So I'm happy that we're actually prioritizing what we want. We're paying for what the fans want. We do get a discount on on the gear, but guess what? We finally, we have the revenue source to do this. That's the key. The big 12 is making this happen. 
We're going to go into the Big 12 wearing Jordan, a luxury brand. We're going to go in there where we got Wes Miller going out there and throwing out offers to the best college athletes. We got Cincy Reigns now hopefully funneling in hundreds of thousands of dollars through Rheingeist, right? The pieces are coming together. If they keep moving forward, we're going to be in a very good spot. We're building a $130 million indoor practice facility. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. We have the Ryan Geist deal. We're paying for the, the, the apparel that everybody wants. You know what we're not doing anymore? We're not acting like broke boys. All right, Hummer? We're not. That's true. We, we spent seven, what, $7 million on college football assistants we, who are out there. I know, we, I know we wanted to get this later, but Saddy Daddy's out there just Saddy Daddy's, the recruiter. Saddy Daddy. I was just about to bring him up. He's, he's destroying the recruiting circuit. He's, he's taken my opinion from meh. To, okay. Oh. Oh. I'm, oh, you say? My interest is peaked. Tell me more. Show me how you play football. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, yeah, we're in a good spot. I don't, I don't think the university's... I'm trying to think of the last time I felt this good about both programs. About basketball and football, yes. Was it was it the was it a Mick year? I mean, I'm trying to really think. Where I really I'm starting to feel really good about both programs, both relatively new. Well, one's one's going to be in his third year, but you know, a new football coach. I'm I'm just starting to have good vibes. Didn't we go to the college football playoff the first year Wes Miller was coaching? He probably felt pretty good about both programs at that point. Yeah, well, yeah, it's coming off that all-time low. So two years. Damn. <laughs> fair. I guess that's fair. That's fair. I'm sitting here thinking, it's like, oh, well, when was it? McCronin 2018? I mean, I, you've, you probably felt pretty good, too, back in... It depends on... You know what? I actually know how you felt. I was thinking back in 2006 when... Yeah, it definitely wasn't then because you've got Brian Kelly who's starting to build momentum and we just hired Mick Cronin, who I was excited about from the get-go. You were there. You've talked to me. You know how I felt about Cronin. However, I know how you felt about Cronin and you were very much not on the Mick Cronin band so, or train. You were not. I, I will admit, I would have been completely wrong had we gone with Andy Kennedy. So, has, Let me ask you this. Has Hummer's gut reaction to a coaching hire ever been correct? Because I'm I'm thinking back to John Brandon Hall of Fame. I'm thinking Mick is a disaster. This is horrible. I'm thinking. I'm hire- loving. I love Wes Miller. So that, I guess this is the jury. This the jury's still out here. But I was high on Wes Miller when we hired him. I wasn't down on it. I was curious about who he was. I'm not. You know, it's not like I followed UNC. Uh, was it UNC Greensboro? It's not like I followed them. I wasn't a, I couldn't have told you about West Miller Foreman, but no, I was happy about that hire. So, and you know what? Honestly, I played it safe with with Saddy Daddy, right? I played it safe. <laughs> you, 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 I hedged. You're not putting yourself out there. You're not ready to get hurt again. You're met. You're metting Saddy Daddy. Yeah, we're meant to like. Okay, all right. Let's yeah. See, let's see what my got here. my only problem with your meh, as of a few weeks ago, was the fact that look. It wasn't the most sexy or exciting hire at the time. And I think there's plenty of reasons to say, like, wait, what? This is what all the silence was about? Really, John Cunningham? But when he goes on to instantly 
put UC into the top 20 recruiting class conversation for the following season and you're still hitting him with a meh, you need to reevaluate your expectations and your ability to take in new information. You can take in new information, but he was having good recruiting classes at Louisville too. So I'm I'm still like, yeah, I'm fine. I still want to see what's gonna happen. Can he coach? That's your that's been the whole thing with Wes Miller for you, is like can he coach? Right? We're 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 making these big swings, we're taking these big things, but we're not seeing it on the court. So I want to see the same thing before I sit there and sit there and go, you know, Saddy Daddy was the greatest hire we've ever made. Because he could be recruiting out there and we could have Emory Jones just fall flat on his face and be an actually a bad college QB, which is why he's been to three different programs in what four four years. So I don't know. I, I do want to see what the results are going to be on the field. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but I'm not coming out here. I'm just not coming out and be like, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to UC football. I'm not taking that stance. So I'm happy with my meh to now switch. Like, okay. I like where the recruiting is going. Now let's see the next step. You're turning my head. You're giving me a, Ooh, what'd you do? What are you wearing? Check those Jordans out. Do you see those? <laughs> Well, you did mention the fact that um, we've talked at, at length about Wes Miller and the coaching and what we've seen on the court. And we're entering our first season in the Big 12. Obviously, we've been going through transfer portal season, which did close recently. And I think we've seen quite a bit more roster turnover than some of the prognosticators, some of the experts in the local media space would have predicted. In fact, we're seeing the type of turnover that some folks would have advocated for based on historical precedent in the Big 12 and the fact that turning a program around that was in the Ken Palm range of 40 to 50, which Eric Lilly wrote a great piece on catskellersocial.club that I'd recommend you go back and read. We've seen, we've seen coaches overhaul rosters. We've seen coaches bring in new faces and overhaul with, you know, seven new players and, it result in a team playing better basketball, achieving better results, and making the tournament. And what's happened recently in the Cincinnati Bearcats basketball space, in my opinion, is extremely exciting and extremely encouraging. We have not recorded a podcast since we locked in Seamus Lukosius. Okay. This is a six seven point forward type player from Butler who his favorite player in the NBA. If you want to know a little bit about Lukosius, his favorite player in the NBA is Luka Doncic, which should not surprise anyone if you if you think about where he's from and the fact that he, he, he might as well be a twin of Luka Doncic. But this is a guy, in my opinion, defensively there's going to be question marks, okay? He couldn't defend much last season. He's also on Butler, Okay, it's not the most athletic team. It's not a team where you're surrounded by a ton of talent. And so, in my opinion, a lot of the offensive skills probably weren't featured to their maximum degree on that team. He could pass. His vision is awesome. He does have three point range. Did he hit at the highest clip? No. Does he have three point range? Yes. Do I expect him to be as good or better of a three point shooter than Jeremiah Davenport? Yes. Especially when you factor in shot selection. Okay, he's going to improve on the, on the, in that regard. But I think more importantly, he's a secondary ball handler. He's someone that can go off the dribble, and he's someone who I think can realistically create for other people on this team. And I think it, that was a very, very, very solid addition by Wes Miller. The more time I spent watching highlights of Seamus Lukosius, the 
the more of I became a fan. This is someone where it's important to look beyond the statistical profile of the player. Because when you know, first glance, when the name was floated, I went to Ken Palm, look at the advanced metrics, and frankly, the advanced stats didn't look all that different from what you would see from a guy like Jeremy Davenport. But when you look at the style of play in the actual game, night and day, this is not Jeremiah Davenport. This is a much different and a much better player and someone that can contribute to winning basketball, unlike the latter. So that's one thing I wanted to mention. Anything else you want to add on Seamus Lukosius? I mean, I'm not going to lie. I have not watched a whole lot of highlights here. Haven't had time. When you say, when you say not a whole lot, describe specifically how much you've seen of him. Oh, like 35 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being honest. Look, I'm, I'm going off. I of, want you to be like, honest. That's why I asked the question. Yeah. That's good. You know, you look at the stats and, and I see the same thing, the profile. I haven't gotten into to look at the tape here. Um, but just, you know, I'll just go off whatever people say. It's fine. Sound, sounds good. I'm actually excited. I think this roster has turned out as a whole. It's better than last year's roster on paper. 100% better. Like, I think we've upgraded every position. Even I was, I'm not going to lie, I was a little upset at first uh, when Micah Adams Woods pulled the Houdini on us. Just, you know, completely, you know, turned coat. Oh, hang on. Thought he was solid. I, I wanted to get into that. And, and that's a perfect transition into the next conversation. Because I, I want to outline what the roster looks like now and what's left to come. Because the other big news that we haven't talked about is the fact that, as you just alluded to, Micah Adams Woods decided to actually enter the transfer portal and leave the Cincinnati Bearcats program for greener pastures, or so we thought. The word on the street when Micah Adams Woods entered the portal was that he was going to Ole Miss, that Chris Beard and his staff had lured him out of the portal with dreams of big NIL, NIL dollars, which isn't far-fetched when you think about Beard's track record and the fact that Ole Miss is rolling in oil money. But in a plot twist, Mike Adams Woods did not end up at Ole Miss. And I am very curious to hear your specific thoughts about Mike Adams Woods entering the portal and ending up at St. Bonnie, ending up at St. Bonaventure. You know, I have a great respect for, for the Bonnies. Uh, they're the first and only game I've ever, I've ever seen them play was, uh, was at the Centos Center. And they beat the Xavier Musketeers at, at the Centos Center. And the reason why we were there, my brother happened to win some sort of contest to, to be the, the, the kid who sweeps the floor uh, during timeouts. And so we went, my dad, my mom, myself, to watch my brother do this. And we sat with the St. Bonaventure fans. <laughs> and they were super nice people. And they were very gracious in victory. Uh but I think from from what you're really looking for is not my opinion of of the Bonnies. It's more about kind of what happened. At first, I was I was irritated because of just the way that happens. Where obviously you have a school reaching out to to our players. They're obviously saying, "Hey, come here. We'll pay, basically pay you more." Lure him out of the portal, uh, and then if if everything seems like it went down the way it did, right? They lured a bunch of players out of the portal, and then they basically had their pick. Because you're down to, you know, there's really no options at this point. And so he's he's forced to go to St. Bonaventures because, look, I don't, and I don't blame Wes for this. And maybe this is all speculation here on my part. 
maybe Wes was, maybe there's a little bit of sense of relief that someone was lured out of the portal, that it wasn't a, hey, I need to kick you off the team type situation. So maybe there's a relief there, but the, the way that happens, it makes me worried down the road that we're going to, that UC could potentially become a, a factory for producing talent for bigger schools because we may not have the, the NIL dollars. Maybe that's changing though, but whatever, we'll stick with the facts today that where, what happens if, if James Jizzle, Jizzle James goes out and just, just balls freshman year, but not enough that he's going to go, that he, he's going to go to the NBA, right? Just he, he balls, but he's going to be good. Does all of a sudden UCLA come knocking on his door to, to say, Hey, come, come join our squad. Look, we just had Bronny come through. We just had, I forget his name already, come through. <laughs> he's dead to me. Uh, Isaiah, Isaiah Collier, for the record. Yeah, he's dead, he's the, dead to me. The likely number one draft pick, NBA draft pick yeah. in the 2024 NBA draft. But he's, he's dead to me. But do they come knocking for, for, you know, for that second year and say, hey, come come here and then lure him away with, with the extra dollars? Is that going to be the new norm for college where we're going to be, where I'm going to get more excited maybe as a college sports fan of getting someone like Seamus, like CJ? like day day, like Jim, uh, like, uh, Reynolds, because there's two years of eligibility remaining with the new transfer rules rules. They're not transferring until it's until they're a grad. Right. So maybe it's more, I'm just thinking out loud that maybe that's who I'm going to start getting excited about. It's like, Oh, we got a guy with three years of eligibility left. Cool. He's not leaving. Well, that's, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's like, maybe it's irrational, to think like that at the moment because you just don't know how it's going to play but no i mean that's where it is it's all objectively worse like you can't to me this is the new wrinkle in college sports that as a fan makes it objectively worse that you are sort of on pins and needles thinking what does our retention look like how do we keep really good players at our school and not you know paid to leave because you know I, some people have convinced themselves that mike adams woods left intentionally to go to St. Bonaventure to get closer to home. Those people are delusional. Those people are delusional. Yeah, Micah, was... Micah Adams Woods left because he was lured into the portal by big dollars. Okay. It's a real thing. It doesn't make him a bad person. It makes him, it makes him vulnerable to the same things that every normal human, especially American human is vulnerable to, which is the, the lure and the attractiveness of big dollars and the prospects of, of bigger, bigger money. And you're very, it's a valid point to say, how do we continue to retain really good young players because they could be poached by bigger programs? What does give me, I don't, I don't want to go full. I don't really want to go there because I think mentally it's just, it's, it's worrying for the sake of worrying at that point. You, we don't have control over this beyond drinking lots of Cincy light and donating to Cincy Reigns and doing everything we can individually as, as fans and as a donor base to give ourselves as much capital to retain our players and to keep, you know, keep their, uh, keep a financial incentive in place. But it's also Wes Miller, like he's going to do things and coach in a way that's meant to build community on this team and build build a sense of family on this team and family in the sense of, of having this Cincinnati community around you. They're doing it with Daniel Skillings. They're making him the face of Cincy Reigns. They're, they're, they're putting resources toward him and making him feel special with the school. And we're going to see that more and more with our athletes. 
it's 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 going to be a challenge. It doesn't mean that the threat won't exist, but I think all in all, you want to build around the players that do want to stay at one school, that want to build a legacy at a school, and the only way to do that is to be here for an extended period of time. People remember three and four year players. You remember them. You build a legacy by staying somewhere for three or four years or being absolutely great for one or two. But all in all, if you really want to have a legacy somewhere and you really want to have somewhere to come back to, look at Leonard Stokes. All right. Look at how often he's around the program, how walking around Cincinnati, people still look at him and say, hey, I, I adored and just loved watching you play basketball, especially on that 2000 team. That was incredible. Your senior year on that one, that was, that was remarkable. I loved watching you play. That's how you build something special. And, and you know, taking a, um, what's not a life-changing amount of money, taking accepting that for, you know, a stopgap season for a school that doesn't give a shit about basketball, that ain't it. And I think as, as this goes on and, and time plays that's a hundred, out. That's 100% it. Oh, you're saying, like, I'm just, uh, this is just me. I know, I know not everybody does this because we have, there's clear evidence on this roster that some people didn't do that probably. Uh, but if you're offering me a, a life-changing sum of money as a, an 18, 19, 20-year-old, and granted, maybe th- maybe this is where I'm distorted because I, I'm, I'm looking at this from the, the prospect of like, oh, yeah, I'm never going to the NBA, but I know most of these kids aren't actually thinking that. Their, you know, their goal is to get to the NBA. Their goal is to keep developing. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be drafted. Or I'm gonna, I'm gonna sign. Or I'm gonna go play overseas. So maybe to them at the moment it's not a life changing sum of money. But if someone's gonna come and drop, you know, five hundred thousand dollars to a million dollars in your lap, yeah, see ya. I don't care about the four year legacy. I'm out. I'm, I'm a sellout. I'm not gonna lie. But I get what you're saying. I understand it. I think it makes total sense. And I'm, I'm really hoping that, you know, that's where Wes Miller is kind of different and maybe that's where we see his his brand where mike adams woods did spend four years here right this was he's a grad transfer so he did graduate from the university of cincinnati i am upset that we didn't get to honor him as a senior but probably worth mentioning that the the two four-year guys from last year's team guys who played four full seasons with the cincinnati bearcats jeremiah davenport and mike adams woods neither of them was celebrated on senior night because it was quote unquote west miller's policy that it was bullshit at the time it was bullshit now it it was it's silly hopefully it's a mistake a mistake learned but i do wish we would have gotten you know to to look at those guys but that does show that we can't have four-year players here and if you're going to grad transfer your fifth year out i get it but not everybody's actually going to really have that opportunity anymore right it's four years and done covid years for for new players is is gone there isn't going to be that that extra year of eligibility, so that that's going to be kind of phased out here soon. And honestly, playing for five years at the same university maybe it does get stale. Maybe you do need something new. Maybe you do want to try something that maybe is going to give you a different element of development that maybe takes your game in a different direction and it's just not going where you're currently at. So maybe I understand that, and hopefully that's where Wes Miller. He seems to be a player's coach players really seem to like him they all say great things about him so maybe we're going to see guys that do want to stay because they understand that it is like you mentioned it's you're building a legacy here we care about the names in our rafters we care about the guys who aren't in the rafters and we also try to get people added to the rafters right so we're 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 a really diehard fan base 
And that's evidenced by our crazy, amazing Twitter presence. We're able to build strong communities around Discord. We're able to get local businesses to buy into our NIL platform. Like It's an amazing community that's built around this university that not everybody is privileged to have. And I think Wes Miller's tapping into it. I think John Cunningham is tapping into it. I think we all kind of realize it, what, what kind of what special this place is. And it just, that's where I guess I say when I'm feeling really good about this tip of the iceberg, really good. tip of the iceberg too. We have not played a big 12 game yet. Absolutely. Tip of the iceberg right now. What Mike Adams would leaving does Shuey leaving does open up a roster spot. You're salivating over this. <laughs> Pick your chin up. He was, was on, this, he was on campus. Was this, he was on campus last week, Hummer. Was this four weeks or was it was it right after the season, right after we lost the Utah Valley? You and I were having a conversation about who we wanted from the portal more than anybody. I was like, dude, that guy, Aziz, was freaking incredible. Uh, I'm on record. I went back and listened to it because I thought, oh, I'm gonna play this. I'm gonna put I'm gonna clip this and put it on social and show people how fucking in tune Hummer and I are. Watch this. And the clip is me and you saying, Oh, we can't afford that guy. <laughs> we're so in tune we're so fucking in tune bro we can't afford aziz aziz hey, gotta, we gotta make fun of ourselves every once in a while look and it hasn't happened officially yet but I, I i will tell you now all right put it in fucking stone if we land aziz bandago if that happens i'm getting a fired up tattoo it's happening Oh, I'm getting it. Wow. It's happening. Oh my God. That is incredible. I'm getting it. Uh, does, does landing Aziz take, take this, this roster and, and are we, I guess let, let's just do this two. I'm going to ask you two questions. We'll start with the first one. The roster is currently constructed, assuming no Aziz, right. And just assuming with the guys we have, how, how good are you feeling about that roster? right now like what what's the expectation for that without a player like Aziz it's objectively better than last season and I'm, I'm glad you asked because I wanted to run through it so let's take our time here and try and make sure we're listing all the right players I didn't take my proper notes and put this on a, on a notepad so let's do it from memory at point guard our projected starting point guard or not, I'm not even going to say starters but our projected point guard depth looks like this day day Thomas junior college transfer Jizzle James, top 50 recruit nationally, freshman. At shooting guard, right now I'm projecting, uh, we've got Daniel Skillings, and this is not in starting order, but we've got Daniel Skillings. We have John Newman III. We have, who else, Hummer? Help, help me out in case, I mean, I've, had, I've gone two beers deep in this podcast. I'm, I'm worried. <laughs> the... The, the tables have flipped. Uh, Josh Reed. Are you looking at maybe a little no, CJ Frederick? CJ Frederick. That's the name. So you got CJ Frederick, Daniel Skillings, and th those are the primary two. And then I would say Rayvon Griffith as well, who's probably your third man on, on the depth chart in terms of the, of a shooting guard. So you've got five players right there. Small forward. We'll now say John Newman, the third, we will say, uh, Seamus Lukosius, who's probably who's probably you pencil in as the starter at this point, and then maybe third on the depth chart, you're looking at at Josh Reed at power forward. I'm penciling in Odio Guama. I'm penciling in 
uh, Jamil Reynolds, the transfer from Temple. You're returning at center, Victor Locken, which takes us to 11. I feel like, and then you've got Sage Tolentino at center as well. That's 12. You have one open roster spot, which in theory would go to Aziz, which would give us much more depth, much more reliable depth in the front court than we had last season and that we've had in any season in recent history. I'm glad you brought up that Victor Locken as as basically the lock for center because I'm I'm looking at Victor Locken and I'm not quite convinced that he's like a a power forward type of player. He's not a lock for center. If we get Aziz Bendego, he's not playing center. Well, I think I'm just thinking Aziz too could be. I think he's a little more. Well, he's not just a little. He is more athletic than than Victor. He, I think he has more versatility. He has more versatility to play instead of being a true center. I think he can be more of that. Uh, I think we we get a lot of flexibility. He's like on, seven on foot the, two, my guy. He's seven foot two. He's, he runs around. He's a gazelle. He jumps around. He's, he's a rim rolling stud. He's a defensive wrecking crew. We have we have proper depth in the front court if we land disease. And frankly, you want that heading into the Big Twelve. You know we would. Victor's been he he kind of he he struggles at times to stay on the court, not yeah. not tra- catastrophic injuries, but he does struggle to stay on the court. Right. He's had some issues with foul trouble, so having that depth to have two solid centers, you, tell me why that's a bad thing. I, tell me I, why. I'm going to go to bed every night, hoping, praying, dreaming that Victor and Aziz can figure out how to play together. To me, that is the absolute perfect world scenario that Aziz and Victor can be effective on the court together because, in my opinion, they could complement each other very well. Victor Locken is someone that you can throw the ball down to down low. He can get his own shot. You're not really going to do that with Aziz, but Aziz rolls to the hoop a lot better than Victor. Both of them together on the court defensively, give us all the rebounds. Give us all the fucking rebounds, my friend. Okay, so when... When you see the statistics about the Bearcats being 18-2 and two when they out-rebound their opponent, we're going to out-rebound our opponents a lot next season, especially when you look at Oguama and Reynolds coming off the bench. Like, I just think he dramatically alters the prospects of the team. Now, you were asking if we didn't have Aziz, what do the prospects look like? They still look improved to me because Reynolds is instantly a better depth big than was Kalua Zikbe last season. And removing Jeremiah Davenport from 20 minutes a game to me is like adding a player. Like he was, he was really, really bad for the Bearcats when on the court because of how bad he was defensively and his shot selection. And the fact that he decided to play selfishly for the last two seasons of his career. That's a huge, and I think, that, that's addition and by I subtraction. That, and I think like you point that out, it's that kind of play is contagious. It is. And it's not it's, good. And it's very easy to rely on that type of play in tough situations. And we saw that play out time and time again. And we're going to be in a lot of tough situations this year where it's going to be much better if we play as a team than if we're playing selfish. Yeah. And I think we, I think this season, based on how the roster is constructed, no matter what at this point, we're going to get to see a little bit more what Wes Miller's coaching chops look like because this is not a team where you roll out the ball and say, go get a bucket, David DeJulius, or go get a bucket, Landers Nolly. No, instead, you've got junior college point guard, Day-Day Thomas. You've got Seamus Lukosius. You've got C.J. Frederick, who works well off ball. You're going to need to put together an offense where there's actually movement on the court, and these guys are, are playing together to be greater than the sum of their parts, rather than looking at it and saying, 
you know, ISO David, ISO Landers, Jeremiah from 28. Like this, it's going to need to look better next season based on how the roster is constructed. And honestly, I would bet on it looking better. I think it's going to be significantly better next season. It's going to be a significantly harder competition, but already based on the roster construct, it looks deep. It looks solid. And it looks like, especially if you land disease, really, really, really strong defensively. So right now, without Aziz, Wes has you saying, okay. And with Aziz, you're going, I'm fired up, baby. Yeah, I mean, Transfer Portal, it's not like he got top five guys, top 10 guys, top 15 guys. But what he did is when you look at the Transfer Portal, in addition to the freshman and junior college players we have coming in, we're adding Day-Day Thomas, Jizzle James, Rayvon Griffith, Seamus Lukosius, CJ Frederick and Jamil Reynolds and those six guys together. That's a really, really strong recruiting class as a whole. And when you throw in Aziz Bandego, who in my mind is a top 10 transfer portal guy, it's elite and it's seven new players and it's a true overhaul of the roster. And it's us saying, Hey, this is a new season. We don't have the baggage from last season. This team can objectively take a step forward and for those who you know are Ken Palm believers, after the regular season finishes, if we're getting better from finishing top 50 in Ken Palm last season, we're talking about tournament, and we're talking about tournament expectations. And I love that we have expectations. I think you're, you're bringing up the point here with, with not only the depth, but it seems like the way we've gotten the guys in the portal is that it's going to complement a style of basketball where you you do have someone who finishes good at the rim and is able to create their own shots in Victor Locken. But when you're surrounding a guy like Victor Locken with guys who at one point in their career have shot 40% from three and not just one of them, but two of them, like we have the chance to be the really create a lot of space for our big men to work down low. And we seem like we've also up, upgraded the talent at those interior positions with, with athleticism. So to get the rebounds if they do miss those shots, to get second chance points. So I think there's going to be a, a lot of offense that's going to be a lot of pure offense and a lot of secondary garbage offense, That which is what we were missing the last few years is get the rebound. Get the rebound. And better size, like better consistent size at the wings too. You know, you're talking, you're talking about John Newman, a 6'5 athletic wing. You're Seamus Lukosius, 6'7" big body Daniel Skilling six seven really elite rebounder at his position I mean this is good wing like we're going to be a re- if with Aziz Bandego in the fold we would be a very very good rebounding team I'm very excited and I just want to see the statue and from what I'm hearing from what are I'm you hearing getting on, you getting which which shoulder are you get underneath do you get it underneath or do you get a do you get the tramp stamp <laughs> the tramp stamp fired up fired up I would love to solicit like feedback on that. If if anybody's made it to the 55-minute mark of this podcast and has feedback they can offer about where I should get the fired-up tattoo in the event that Wes Miller lands Aziz Bandego, let me know. And this, by the way, Hummer, this will absolutely be video content for our for our YouTube page. But best we, believe we, it. Need, we need to like stamp this one because like hypothetically, if this all turns into a dumpster fire next year, I just I just want to pull this up regardless, Vic. You know you have to get the tattoo right. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting the tattoo right away. If it happens, it's happening within two weeks. All right, that's going down. Oh, this is incredible. 
yeah, I'm fire. I'll be fired up, and I want to put my money where my mouth is. It's happening. Um, Do we have any futures bets? Have we have we been able to see if there's futures bets out there for for Bearcats winning the Big Twelve? Well, I, I definitely do want to get back into a little more gambling talk than we have historically. But if we are going to look at futures bets, I'd prefer we look through Betstamp and and cross. I, I doubt there's futures at this point. I doubt they're out yet. Yeah. But it, it might be nice to take a look and see what kind of bets are available to. Uh... Look, man, the bet the Betstamp partnership is awesome. And I, I when when we were talking to them about linking up and if it would fit what what we do on the podcast we, we told him we said we used to talk gambling a lot we talk it less recently but we do have this discord channel okay we have a disc cat Skeller social discord server that has a channel dedicated to gambling called the degenerate safe space and to me there's no better synergy than bet stamp and line shopping with a safe space for degenerates so for those interested Download the BetStamp app. Make sure you enter Cincy as the referral code so that Hummer and I are getting credit for it. Um, it makes us look good. We want this to be a long-lasting partnership, and if we show them that we can move you know, people to download this and take advantage of it, it, w- it will obviously go, you know, do wonders in terms of solidifying this relationship long-term. I will also tell you, it's an oh, extremely it's free. It's free. It's too. an extremely effective app. All right. If you want to gamble, why not find the best line? And so if I look, we're recording this on Tuesday night. It's 10 18 p.m. right now, May 16th. Looking at May 17th, I'm big on the NBA. I have been watching every NBA playoff game. Lakers are getting pounded right now by Nikola Jokic in Denver. But tomorrow we've got Miami at Boston, and they are starting their their season, their, their series for the Eastern Conference Finals. Boston's heavily favored. You go to the BetStamp app, and I can see what's happening at BetMGM, Caesars, DraftKings, PointsBet, BetRivers, Bet365, FanDuel, and Superbook. And if I want to take Miami for the upset at the Garden in Game 1, I can see that it's, it looks like BetRivers and DraftKings are offering the best odds at plus 300. Otherwise, BetMGM's at plus 280, Caesars plus 270, Bet365 plus 280, FanDuel plus 295. It's valuable to me to know that when I predict a Miami upset because I see Jimmy Butler as the ultimate alpha in the room and I see the Boston Celtics as a very poorly coached team under Joe Mazzulla and I say I just want to fade Boston in every game this series and bet against them every game this series, I want to know where the best odds to do that are. And going to the BetStamp app, entering the code CINCY, C-I-N-C-Y, and taking a look at all the options you have available to you, that's the best way to do it. So please support CINCY Slangin' and, and check out this BetStamp app. It is truly a necessity for gamblers who take themselves seriously at all. Jimmy, Jimmy Butler makes me cry. Uh, it makes me cry because the 76ers front office is so stupid so inept, so run by children with with the world's largest egos that they decided to re-sign the worst signing in history, which was Ben Simmons to a max contract instead of retaining Jimmy Butler. Congrats to the 76ers for blowing two games at the with the Boston Celtics that you were you could have won. And on top of that, 
me being the gender I am, lost money. Sixers, Sixers lost me money. However, I did make it up by using the app because I actually I took the um, I took the my I took the Boston Celtics to win the series at the at the beginning. I took them to come out on top as a hedge and was betting individually on the Sixers to maybe maybe come on top. But no, they failed. Doc Rivers, you can go. You can go to hell. You can be fired. You can go. I I tried to tell you. Do not ever put belief in a team that has James Harden, Joel Embiid, and is coached by Doc Rivers. That is the holy trinity of failure. Please, never again, my friend. And Embiid's going to demand the trade, and at the end of the day, everybody's going to be like, oh, the process failed. No, do you, you actually even, do you, you actually even... care, though? Like, Joel Embiid, really? Really? What else do you, what else do you have after he that? He averaged 33 a game during the regular season, dropped down to 23 in the playoffs. Guys, Guy is not it, as the kids say. Ain't it. Yeah, maybe it's maybe James Harden's rub, playoff. James Harden's rub, rubbing off on him. I don't know. It was happening before James Harden too. But alas, Hummer, lots of great reasons to be excited to be a Bearcat. It is truly a great day to be a Cincinnati Bearcat. Let's get back on track here with some more offseason content in months to come. I hope the next time we're talking, I've got fired up, written somewhere on my body. Let's reach out. Let me know the best places for this. Um, TBD. But it's happening. If Aziz Bandego is wearing a Cincinnati Bearcat uniform, the tattoo is happening. Hummer, anything else? I think I, I think you get it right above, like when you're wearing a swimsuit, right, just right, right above the lip of the swimsuit. I'm fired up. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's thinking now. No, that would be awful. Uh, there's, I was thinking of a spot that would have been comedically perfect, but it's just, it's not being said here today. But uh, have a good night, my friend. Cheers. Go Cincinnati. Cheers. Cheers, Bearcats. Go Bearcats. <laughs>